0: Welcome back to the Mortgages, Money & More podcast. I'm Craig Skelton, principal of CS Mortgage Solutions and CS Retirement Solutions. And my guest today is Angela Owens, who is back and we're talking about first-time buyers again, Angela.
1: Hello.
0: Hello, are you okay?
1: Yeah, good. Thank you. Are you?
0: Good, thank you. Good, thank you. Back after we talked quite a lot last time on the first session of the podcast that we had to put in part two or part B on the first-time buyers.
1: Yes, we did, yeah.
0: It was interesting stuff and interesting topics and it just, it was good that we got a part two out to uh, give it the time and effort. Last time we just talked about the first start of the process about budgeting and things like that, speaking to an advisor, deposits, agreements in principles, and we ended up Boosting chance, have how to boost chance, Is that where we ended up last time?
1: Yes, we did. yeah. so we covered all the initial basics or so everything that you need to do and have in place before you actually start looking at houses. So now we're at the exciting point of actually going out and viewing some houses.
0: Exciting times! Exciting. I think this is that's it. It definitely is the this is the exciting part of looking for your new home, isn't it?
1: yeah absolutely
0: and that's why people jump to this the first bit rather than doing it the way that we sort of talked about in the first episode of the podcast that's why people jump to this quickly because this is the exciting time now thinking I've got my AIP in my hand I've boosted my chances I'm starting to view sort of what's, what do I need to do now Angela
1: So. I would just recommend just going out and viewing loads and loads of houses so try and have a, a bit of an open mind with it you know what your price range is so you know what type of priced houses you can look at but I would just recommend going and looking at as many houses as you can sometimes people might have a specific idea in mind of exactly what they're looking for but sometimes if you view a lot of houses you might find that might change with the more that you look at
0: do you find that a lot Yes, that
1: definitely. Lounge. Yeah, yeah. And it, ultimately, the more houses you look at, you'll take a, a lot of things from each house and you'll figure out what you do want, what you don't want. And eventually, once you've seen enough houses, you'll have a very clear idea in your mind of what you want and, and you'll find that special one.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's just open up a little bit and don't be too specific on, because I see them where I want to live on this street, whereas it's like, let's just open up a little bit more and let's look at, I'm looking up to this price, let's just look a little bit more, because that might get you open up to a little bit more in terms of um, bedrooms or location or anything else as well. So I, I think, yeah, I think it's just book plenty. I totally agree with you on that. And look at, just don't be too specific, but actually still be have a good idea of what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you do find the one that you think might be the one that you want to put an offer in and move into, take other people with you to see that house. Obviously, that might be a little bit more difficult given the current circumstances with COVID and lockdown. But once that's over, take people with you, take your parents, your friends, aunties and uncles. When I bought my house, I took every Tom, Dick and Harry to see my house before I bought it. But yeah, just get second opinions and yeah, really think about it before you do dive into it, because it's such a big commitment.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's it. You should, you've got to stick to your guns a little bit about what your criteria you want and what it looks like, but then be flexible, but then at the same time, I think if you get a second opinion, I think those people will be honest, won't they, as well? I think that you're, you can get excited and carried away about it, whereas they can be what's the saying, devil's advocate whatever. where they'll put sort of doubt in your sort of mind and if you don't get that then that is good and I guess at the minute that second viewings, second opinions and that are going to be difficult but a lot of estate agents and a lot of houses on the market now have got virtual tours haven't they so you get a good idea from that so. Yeah
1: yeah absolutely.
0: You can sort of sit online in your or in your bubble or whatever you want to call it and just walk through the some of the houses because like I said there is quite a few of houses that do have virtual tours
1: yeah and it's really helpful in the situation that we're in at the moment and with the being the virtual tours you can take as many of them as you want
0: exactly it's have a you can't quite have a family get together but you could have a, a mass viewing of in some cinema somewhere because they've got nothing better to do, weren't there it's a good idea we could have mass viewings in cinemas as social distancing but yeah we've lost track of where we're going and so on my fault and um, we've done the viewings we've got somebody else Taking somebody else with you and so you think you've narrowed it down to the one house and one potential home what sort of things do you need to before you start putting office forward and stuff like that what sort of things do you need to be asking the estate agent Angela
1: I would ask questions around I would definitely ask how long the property had been on the market for So, that gives you quite a good idea as to what type of offers you can go in with. So, if it's a a property that's been on the market for a really long time, you can be a a bit more cheeky with your offers. Also, you might want to look at why it's been on the market for such a long time as well, if it has been sitting around for a while. And I would also ask what the seller's situation was. So, is the seller, have they found a house that they want to move into yet, or have they not started looking? Are you going to be in a chain is it going to be chain free i would definitely ask those questions because one it helps to decide what type of offers you are going to put in so if the seller is desperate to move out and potentially they may be buying a new build property that's going to be ready in two three months time so they really need to get moving you can be a bit cheeky with your offers there because you know that the seller's desperate to get out as quickly as possible if it's a case that the seller hasn't started looking for houses yet they need to find something themselves you know that the process is going to probably go on a bit longer so if you're wanting to get moved as quickly as possible you would need to bear that in mind as well so those are definitely questions I would ask
0: i think it's just hard sometimes where especially for a first-time buyer that is so exciting and then they starting to put they're excited by the process where sometimes the seller's not quite as motivated like you said it's because they won't have found their next home yet so when they do find it they'll be excited and they or they might have been on the market a little while longer than what they anticipated or they could have had a sell just fall through because this has not sold so i think you've just got to be you're right asking those questions of how long they've been on how long it's been on the market and you can Find that out yourself, because I think like places like the Right Move and on the market does show you how long the house has been the market. So you can find out yourself for that. But then the thing is with that is that sometimes they might have switched agents, so it could have been on a bit longer than what it actually shows on one of the house the home portals because they could have changed age and so it showed a bit longer so definitely how long's been the market and what the seller situation is definitely good two tips there. Thanks so thanks Angela and like I say it will put you in a stronger position when you're which is the next part of making an offer
1: yeah, so again, before you make your offer, just do your research. So, I would definitely recommend going on Right Move and just having a look at what similar properties in the area have sold for. So, I would definitely look at properties on the same road, but maybe increase your search to properties within a quarter of a mile radius and have a look at what type of prices they've sold for in the recent, recently, because that will give you a really good guide as to what type of price or what type of value that the property should be getting sold for so quite often people do put the houses on the market for quite a bit higher than what they are worth so definitely definitely do that research because it will really help you when you start putting your offers in
0: i think that's definitely such good advice that in terms of because people do get excited and we understand like we all accept this the exciting times. but it's important that to do this research because that could save you quite a bit of money not only on the offer and what the house and the the house purchase price that you obviously that you're agreeing at that stage but it's long term on that as well so if you're buying with a mortgage and found a pound better or cheaper than the asking price a thousand pound will make such a big difference long term because over 25 years the interest on a thousand pound is a lot of money so you can't just look at it in terms of the short term i think it's such a good point as well. I think is it Net House Prices the website where it gives you details of every house that's ever sold on that street, and it will give you details of the past sale, so that the house you're looking at will give you the exact figure that the the vendor paid for that property and when they bought it and stuff like that. So again, it's good to do your research from that point of view.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because you just really want to have the information to hand to be able to do some really good haggling on price and just be brave with the offers that you make. Definitely don't go in at asking price because they will always try and push you higher. So definitely, definitely start below that asking price. Generally, it depends on the property and the condition and how long it's been on the market. But I'd be looking at starting around 10% under asking price on average, depending on the
0: situation. I think that that's it. That at least it gives people a sort of good guide on that. But I think we're just a nation of we don't like conflict, we don't like challenge, we don't like to, uh, negotiating. So th- this gets to the point where the exciting bit can. T- you don't want to be cheeky, but be cheeky what's the worst can happen what is the worst that can happen at that stage this they say no It doesn't mean that you've insulted them at the end of the day that they're there to sell the house and what people seem to forget is that the people that are selling the house and who you're negotiating with will be doing exactly the same on the one they're buying on so they will be cheeky they'll be negotiating on the price and that's just part of the, the whole house buying process really
1: Absolutely. It's definitely something that you have to do and it can feel uncomfortable when you start first start doing it but definitely do it and, and just stick to your guns. Um, what I always recommend as well is having a place in your mind of a price that you don't want to go above because it can be quite easy to get carried away and keep going higher and higher. Just have a stopping point in mind. I would offer a price and if they said that they wouldn't take that one maybe go a little bit higher. Um, if they wouldn't take that one then I would in with a price Now it's say right that is my last offer I'm walking away after this offer and walk away don't be frightened to walk away initially because actually they might come back to you but at least you've shown that this is as high as I'll go this is it take it or leave it and, and quite often you do get an acceptance at that point and you can always go back afterwards just because you say it's your last offer doesn't mean that it is you can go back a couple of days later but yeah it's always good to have that point in mind and just be quite firm with that last offer.
0: Angela I'm absolutely loving this because this I can just tell it's from experience of working with your clients over the years of what this situation and you dealing with this situation day in day out I can just tell that this is what you know and love and I think going back to what you said is like you used the word be brave i think you've got to at this stage haven't you just don't take all the emotions out of it and just be brave and have that ceiling point like you said because it is too easy to get carried away just have that ceiling point definitely good so the exciting news is now the next part of the process we have been brave and we've been negotiated off and we've got our offer accepted on our new home what happens next
1: So at that point, once your offer has been accepted, generally the estate agent will ask for several things from you. So you'll need to send in a copy of your decision in principle or get your mortgage advisor to do that for you. And they'll need copies of your ID and you will have to instruct your solicitor at that point as well. So generally the estate agent will ask for them three things before they will take that property off the market. So yeah, you you would definitely have to do them things at that point, instruct the solicitor. And then after that you would submit your mortgage application
0: okay so that's when all the nice paperwork and legal stuff starts and the non-exciting stuff compared to uh, negotiating being brave and finding a new home in some, you said about in some, a solicitor angela is that that down to can you choose who which solicitor you want to use or is it down to do people determine which solicitor you use or is it perfect or is it totally your choice
1: it is completely There's just a couple of factors that you need to bear in mind. So with solicitors, all of the lenders in the banks generally have a panel of solicitors that they will work with. So I would just check with your mortgage advisor or your lender that the solicitor that you want to use is on their panel. And as long as they're on their panel, then you can choose whichever solicitor that you want to use as long as it is on the lender's panel. Usually the estate agent may recommend a solicitor. Your mortgage advisor will usually be able to recommend Recommend a solicitor but it is ultimately your choice you don't have to go with any recommendations or anything like that you can choose who you you want to go with
0: okay we just need to make sure that they're on the lenders panel that's the big key to it because we do I'm sure you've seen it I've seen a lot where there's people that are not on the lenders panel so that's it's important to do that so I've got my, um, my solicitor I've been in with my AIP I've been in with my ID to the state agent I've submitted my mortgage application so what happens next
1: the next point, once you've submitted your mortgage application, you may want to look at surveys. So with the surveys, usually when you do a mortgage application, or always when you you do a mortgage application, the lender will always want to carry out their own survey, just to double check that the property is worth what you're paying for it, it's suitable security for your mortgage. So quite often it is a free survey with the lender, but it is a very basic survey. It is literally just checking that the property, basically basically Is worth what you're paying for it and it is suitable security, so it's not going to fall down in in the next couple of years. But they're not looking for anything more in depth than that, so you may want to look at more in depth survey if you wanted to. So, there's several different surveys you can get. So, there's generally your basic one, which we've just spoke about. The next level up from that is what you call the home buyer survey, and that will just go a little bit more in depth than the basic one, and then the top top One that you can get is a structural survey. These surveys, it's not something that you legally have to do, it's completely your choice whether you, you do it or not. Sometimes the lender will let you upgrade the basic survey that they do for a cost, or you can just shop around and, and get a local surveyor to go out if you want to do. But if you speak to the, the surveyors, they will help give you an idea of what the most suitable survey would be as well. And um, so it would all be based on the age of the property, the type of the property, so that that. That would help you decide what type of survey that you did think would be best suited to what you wanted and what you needed.
0: I think the clear message that I'm getting from Angela is that you need to make sure you're getting advice through this whole process with really. So when you're talking about solicitors, when you're talking about more like the, the home, the house, things like that, the next part that we're talking about now, which is the survey, just making sure you get advice on that, because like I say, it depends on the property and the home, whether it's, are you going to go for the basic, you're going to go for the home buyers or going to go for the full structural one, depending on how old the home is, how say, whether there's any an issues in the past and things like that. So I think like I say, it is key to get advice so just so i'm clear so it's the basic one which will always get instructed by the, the lender anyway so you don't have to do anything yourself do you that you can just go with the one that the lender instructs and that's that will just the basic one if you wanted to get more detailed for your own security you can either upgrade with the lender and pay a bit more or you can get an independent one in yourself the same with the the full structure one okay survey wise that then comes back to the lender so whether you bought done the basic one or upgraded yourself the survey comes back and then what happens from there
1: once the survey comes back ultimately as long as all of your documents have been sent to the lender along with your application the whole thing will then be reviewed by an underwriter and then hopefully as long as everything's okay you'll get that mortgage offer and then it's time to celebrate
0: so the mortgage so is that the end of your job then angela now from a mortgage, you got the mortgage offer then your job's done so sort to of speaking
1: Yeah pretty much yeah. So, so my job would be to Go from the process From the beginning To this point Once you've got your mortgage offer Generally everything after that Is down to the solicitors And the estate agents I'll always be around um, To help with advice And things like that After this point Also you'd probably want to
0: I was being facetious there Because I know you'll get involved Far more with your clients After the mortgage offer I was just joking Because technically That's when your job is over And then handing it over The baton over to the solicitor and the estate agent but it's never as easy as that is it really
1: no it's, it's not easy to let go
0: so the mortgage offer's out your job technically is done solicitors are now doing their bits in terms of there's searches and stuff like that so is that right yep
1: Yeah, yeah. So the solicitor can start this before you get your mortgage offer. So usually they will start the process pretty early. But yeah, they do searches and inquiries on your property. So all of that takes around about four weeks minimum because that information comes from the local council. So the solicitors have to wait for the council to get back to them with a lot of that information. So that point would take at least four weeks. And then based on the results of that, the solicitors will then raise any inquiries that they need to do on the back of that they would raise them with the current seller so they would really check out everything and then once all of that's been checked and come back okay you will then exchange contracts so that's basically um, signing the contract um, agreeing that you're going to purchase that property and then after that it's just waiting for a completion day
0: okay and sometimes you get where you exchange contracts and complete on the same day depending on the situation can that happen
1: yeah that can happen. It's not very common, but it can happen. so if everything's coming together at, at the last minute, then yeah absolutely that can happen
0: and then so exchange contracts, completion, and then I get my keys. I do
1: yes
0: is it a stressful process buying your first home or any home angela
1: yes I- like to sit here and say no it's not stressful at all but it it is it it always will be stressful there's just a lot on the line with it once you've found that dream home just envision yourself living in it straight away so having to wait for an answer on the mortgage which which is i mean at the moment it's it can be a good three four five weeks before you you find out if you've got that mortgage and so it it is a very painful way so, so it can be stressful from that point of view and obviously making the offers waiting for the searches to come back from the solicitors, again you know the solicitors at the moment are so so busy and so you you don't always get answers straight away so that can be stressful so there are several things that that can be stressful in the process i mean we're here to try and make it minimize the stress as much as we can but there always will be a certain amount of stress involved
0: i think it's just people managing expectation that is going to be a stressful process because you've got people involved emotions involved and it is a stressful so i I think what is it one of the top three most stressful Things you will do in your life is moving home, so you've got to understand it is going to be a stressful process. But I think the one thing that I always sort of say, and that, oh, is that once you get your keys, once your furniture's moved in, once you get that takeaway and that beer open or that bottle of wine open on that first night in your new home, you forgot about everything. You forgot about all the pain. Have you, to Angela?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, once you're in, you're settled. That's it's your kingdom. Then you can deal with it what you want, and all of the stresses will be quickly forgotten.
0: And then that's when, at that point, people say, "We're never going to move again. We're never moving home again. We're never going to do this again." And then, lo and behold, a few years later, he's like, "Right, we're thinking about selling his house." So yeah, people go through the whole process. I think it is good to point out it is. A stressful time. However, it is worth it in the end. I think that's the the main thing to point out to everybody really, that when you get your kids to your own home for the first time, it is you will soon forget about the whole stress and you can start enjoying that uh, your new home
1: yeah absolutely and just to say that but people always ask me how long does it take to get the mortgage to get moved in it's a very difficult question to answer a lot of things can affect how long things take i mean at the moment covid is affecting how long things take massively but on average it is usually around about three months from application to moving in but it all very much does depend on what the situation is with the seller and whether they've found a house when they can move into that house if you're part of a chain it can sometimes rest on five six people moving in at a certain time so it is very difficult to answer that question but we do say on average it's around about three months can be quicker usually if there's nobody living in the property that you're buying it's a straightforward application best case scenario it can be around about two months but worst case scenario i've seen some application from application to moving in can take around about six months sometimes so just be prepared that it, it's not going to be a couple of weeks Cross.
0: i think that's in, in a world of demand where people get things instantly and we can track everything and get things pretty much straight away That is safe to say that the housing market is not something that is uh, that quick and it uh, is on demand. So we say hopefully that will change in the future, but uh, but not right now. Yeah, unfortunately not. Anything else you would like to add, Angela, before we end part two?
1: No, I don't think so. I think we've pretty much covered everything in a lot of detail there. But yeah, just remember what you are buying for. When it does get stressful, know that will pass and it, it will all be worth
0: it. Focus on the end goal. That's a good point to finish on, Angela. That's a good point to finish on, Angela. I've really, to be fair, both podcasts that we've done have been really informative, really easy to do I didn't think we could fill as much time talking about first-time buyers as we have and we've had to do it in two parts and again we've gone on for well over 20 minutes yet again even on part two but thank you so much for your time thanks for so much for your insight, it is really, it's clear to see that your experience and these sort of the tips and hints and things like that are from the heart and from your experience so Angela thank you very much for being part of the podcast again and thank you and next time my guest will be Jane Kelly and we're talking about lasting power of attorneys. And thank you for listening.